Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the hope that is in Jesus Christ, to the absolute confidence and assurance that you're in control and that you have us in your hands and no matter what the events around us are, that you've got us covered. Lord, I pray today that you would speak to my heart, please. Do in my heart this morning what needs to be done. And I pray the same for everyone here. I pray that you would help everyone here to give you the permission to work in their hearts over the next few minutes, I pray. In Christ's name, amen. The first step to knowing God is to seek the Lord. To say, Lord, show me that you're real. Show me who you are. Show me what is true. Show me what you want me to do. The first step to being blessed by God is to seek the Lord. To say, Lord, show me that you're real. Show me who you are. Show me, Lord, what you ask of me, what you require of me. Show me how to trust you. Teach me how to follow you. Let me know your person. Let me know your character. Show me how you can be real to me. The first step to living an abundant, victorious life is to seek the Lord for yourself. God, who are you? God, who am I? God, What do you want me to do? How do I please you? How do I make it in this world? Seek the Lord sincerely. Not so somebody else can see you or so that you can report to somebody else. Seek the Lord earnestly. Not just going through any kind of a procedure. You can come to me and say, Pastor, explain for me how uh, the details of your relationship with God and I could write out for you pages of details and you could take that and follow that to the last detail and still not be seeking the Lord because it's not earnest. It's just following what I did. And I can give you some pointers and I can give you some examples to follow. But the bottom line is, it has to come from your heart. God, show me who you are. I'm glad the pastor says he knows you, but I want to know you. God, show me what is true. Teach me your word. I'm glad that my Sunday school teacher knows your word, but I want to know your word. Seek the Lord sincerely, seek him earnestly, and seek him daily. It's not good enough to say, well, yeah, I, I, I saw it his face back in, back in 94. Yeah, but what about today? Did you seek him this week? There's no other way to victory but to seek the Lord. There's no other way to the blessings of God but to seek the Lord. There's no other path 
to God's answers. There's no other path to God's solutions but to seek the Lord sincerely and earnestly and daily. And nobody can seek the Lord for you. You must seek the Lord for yourself. If you want answers, there's no substitute and no shortcut but to seek the Lord. If you want peace, there's no shortcut. You have to seek the Lord. You say, well, pastor, I don't know how to seek the Lord. To be honest with you, you may be in the best position to seek him if you don't know how. Because if you think you know how, you might go through some process that is not really seeking the Lord from your heart. Psalm 34 David gives glory to God for his deliverance. And there's a story behind this. You can read it for yourself. It's right there in the caption in Psalm 34. But God gives David deliverance in a difficult situation. And David, as a result of this deliverance, is a happy man. Look at verse number 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. David is definitely in a praise God mode. He says also in verse 1, The Lord's praise shall continually be in my mouth. David's saying, Woo! Glory to God. God is good. He has delivered me. Verse 2, My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Verse 3, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Verse 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusting uh, trusteth in him. It's shouting time with David. It's singing time. It's glory hallelujah time with David. David's giving praise to God. David's saying, oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. David's singing, oh, Lord, you've been so good through my troubles and my trials. You've understood. You met every need like I said you would. Lord, you've been so good. It's praise time. It's shouting time. David's heart is filled with joy and he's sharing that joy with everybody around him. By the way, when your heart is right with God, your heart will be filled with joy and you'll want to share it with everybody around you. Now, at the core of all this praise are these two simple statements. All of this praise is rooted. Number one, verse four. I sought. The Lord. Now, just in case there's anybody that doesn't know, sought is the past tense of seek. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. And then the other core statement, verse 10. They that seek the Lord shall not want, shall not lack any good thing. Those are the things, and David testifies, those are the things that cause him to say, Woo! I will bless the Lord at all times. I sought the Lord, and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. And blessed are they that seek the Lord. They shall not want any good thing. That's what causes me to say, I will bless the Lord at all times. That's what causes me to say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. There are no solutions for the person who will not seek the Lord. I have no solutions for the person who doesn't want 
God. If you've ever come to my office for, for counsel, first thing I tell you is I'm not a counselor. I'm not a certified counselor. Don't come to me instead of going to a doctor if you, if you think you need a doctor. I'm not, I, I won't give you legal advice. I'm not a counselor. Why am I here? Because I know God and I know his word. And I can tell you what the Bible says. But, basically, all the counsel that I give begins the same way. Now, first of all, you've got to seek the Lord. Do you know God? That's why uh, a number of times someone who doesn't know God, somebody who's not saved at all, will come to my office and say, you know, a friend of mine goes to your church and they said that you could help me with this. We're going to start at the cross. Because if you're not saved, man, there's nothing I can do to help you. So, if you don't want God, I have no solutions to offer you. And I'll go a step further. No true solutions exist that do not begin with seek the Lord. So, if you don't want God... I have no help to to give you. And if you don't want God, there is no help for you. There are way too many Christians who really don't want God. They want what God can do for them. But they want what God can do for them without having to mess with knowing God. I don't want God, I just want him to give me a better job. So I'll go with him as far as I have to go to get that better job. That's not seeking the Lord. I don't want God, I, I, just, want, uh, I, I just want a nicer house. So I'll go with him as far as I have to go to get that nicer house. I don't want God, I just want my girlfriend back. I don't want God, I just want to get out of my depression. I don't want God, I just want to get over my issues. And I'm talking about Christian people who don't really want God. We just want what God can do for us. But I say again, if you don't want God, the Bible has no solutions for you. If you don't want God, there are no solutions for you. Oh, there's prescriptions. There's short-term remedies. But there's no solutions. Let me explain why that's true. God is life. We don't get that. We don't believe that. We think life is in a test tube somewhere. We think life, we can see life under a microscope somewhere. We think life is in some big, long, drawn-out formula on a blackboard in some laboratory. No. God is life, and there is no life apart from God. Think hard and long about that. God is life, and there is no life apart from God. Say, well, that's crazy. That's just, that's science. Pastor, do you know how crazy you are, how crazy you sound scientifically? Oh, I know according to modern science, I sound crazy, but not according to real science. Real science is just observation. And nobody has ever observed that there is any life apart from God. 
So what I'm saying is not crazy according to what science really is. It's just according, crazy according to what modern science has become. So if God is life and you avoid him, you have no access to life. The Bible says God is light. And that's literal physical light, but even more than that, spiritual light. In other words, that life makes sense, that things make sense. God is light. And so if you shut God out of your life, you're shutting light out of your life. God is truth. If you shut God out of your life, you're shutting truth out of your life. God is love. If you shut God out of your life, you're shutting love out of your life. Do I need to go on? God is hope. God is peace. And that's why if you don't want God, there are no solutions for you. Oh, pastor, that sounds awfully mean. Oh, no, I'm, I'm doing you a wonderful favor. I'm telling you where the answers are and where they are not. The whole world is going nuts because they're literally hell-bent on trying to find the answers without God. And the harder they try, the more they discover there are no answers without God. So, that's the world. Christian. Believer. Child of God. When are you going to stop trying to get things from God without seeking more of God himself. Jacob's desire was, I want the birthright. But the more that Jacob connected with God, the more his desire became, I want God. And guess what? He got the birthright too. Moses' desire was, I want to free my people from slavery. But the more he went in that desire and began to seek the Lord, the more he connected with God, the more his desire became, I want God. Oh, and at the same time, God helped him free the people of Israel. Hannah's desire was, I want a son. I want a son. And in the process of seeking the Lord for a son, Hannah said, I want God. I want God. And God gave her a son also. David, man, it seems like David's desire always was to know God. Maybe that's why God said of David, he's the man after my own heart. What is it that you want from God? Okay? You identify that. Would you please identify that in your heart? What is it today that you want from God? And I'm going to use a silly example to put in place of whatever it is that you just identified. My boyfriend broke up with me and I want him back. God says, okay, Christian, first, we'll get to that. But first, let me me show you who I am. And you say, no, I just want my boyfriend back. God says, we'll get to that. but, But first... Let me teach you about faith. I just want my boyfriend back. Christian, first let me teach you about peace and and victory. 
No, I just want my boyfriend back. And eventually, after time, it doesn't happen in one day or a week or a month. It may take years before God says, you know what? You don't want me. You want what I can do with, for you without me. The fact is, there are a whole lot of believers that if you could get the answer from a psychic, you'd go to the psychic because you just want your answer. You don't want God. You may come to me and say, I need, you know, let's stick with the example. I want my boyfriend back, pastor. Tell me how to do it. And so I begin with, let's seek the Lord. Hey, if, if, if you're going to ask me how to help you get your boyfriend back, but you don't show up for church, you don't want God. If you're going to ask me how to get your boyfriend back, but you won't pick up your Bible, you don't want God. If you're going to ask me how to get your boyfriend back, but you don't spend any time in prayer for anything else, you don't want God. So go to the psychic. You got as much chance of getting help there as you do from God if you don't want God. So what do we do? Well, well, I don't like what I don't like what God says because it's all it's all spiritual stuff. It's all church stuff. You don't want God. Can you just admit to yourself the problem is you don't want God? If we would just be honest and let God teach us just how spiritually vacant we are. If we can just admit to ourselves, yeah, you know what? The reason I stay out away from church is because I don't want God. The reason I don't pick up my Bible all week is because I don't want God. Wait, would you understand something? Reading your Bible, I don't read my Bible to score brownie points with God. I don't read my Bible so God will say, good boy, now I'm going to give you my favor because you did good. No, I read my Bible because I'm seeking the Lord. And that's where I find him. I come to church because I'm seeking the Lord. And this is where I find him. I've got, I, I go to God in prayer because I'm seeking the Lord. And that's where I find him. We got to get out of it. Forgive me if this offends you. I don't mean for But we have got to get out of this Roman Catholic mentality that I've got to do these things to score points with God so that I'll be good with God. That's bogus. You go to the Bible to find God. You go to prayer to find God. You assemble with God's people to find God. You know, and then you've got this whole other end of the spectrum that stays away from the house of God and says, I am the church. Are you aware the church means assembly? So if you're not assembling, you're not the church. We will come up with it just like Cain and Abel in Sunday school this morning. We will come up with the craziest philosophies just so that we don't have to do what God says. And all it does is demonstrate we don't want God. We want what he can do for us. We want some tricks. It's like Jesus said, you you don't follow me because you want the truth of God. You, you You liked multiplying the bread. And that's fine. I'll do it again. I like feeding the hungry. 
But understand your own heart. You just want to see some tricks. But you're not hungry for God. That's most of us, folks. That's most of us. There's no help for you if in your heart you don't want God. Hey, if you don't want God, don't pester other people with your problem. How dare you say that? Oh, I'm doing you a big old fat favor. You're never going to find your answer until you get hungry for God. You want to preach, Diane? That was good. (laughs) David said, I sought the Lord. And David said, I can tell you, no one who seeks the Lord will ever lack any good thing. I want to testify. I only got three more months. In fact... Yeah, three more months from today can I make this statement. I'm 49 years old. I can tell you that I'm not a brilliant person. I don't have a lot of self-discipline. I don't have a lot of talent. I don't have a lot of knowledge. I certainly don't have a lot of wealth. But I can tell you this, for 49 years, I have done my best to seek the Lord. I sought the Lord as a teenager. As I knelt on the hardwood floor next to my bed, and for most of the nights of every week, 30, 45, 60 minutes, in the darkness of my bedroom, I sought the Lord. God, I want to know you. I wasn't asking God to make me rich. I wasn't asking God to make me famous. I wasn't asking God to make me successful. God, I want to know you. God, I want to know you. God, teach me. Show me. Lead me. Help me. Use me. I began to read the Bible Not because I was required to. I began to memorize the Bible. I was required to memorize Scripture because I went to Christian school. But I began to memorize more than just what I was required to memorize. I began to study the Bible for myself and to learn what it meant to study the Bible. I didn't know how to study the Bible, but I learned how to study the Bible. Because I was seeking the Lord. When the big questions of life came up, I sought the Lord. God, you show me where to go to college. I went to college and on our dorm floor, way down at the end of the dorm floor was an empty room and it was called the, the prayer room. And I thought, and I'm not indicting any of my friends, 
that lived in the dorm floor with me. But I honestly thought when, when I went up on the dorm floor for the first time and, and at, at a Bible college and the guy that was helping me move my bags in and we, we walked in the door and there's the first room on the left and he said, that's the prayer room. And I thought, man, you probably have to sign up to get in there. You probably have to reserve a time slot. There's probably a long waiting list to get in there. But you know what I found? For the most part, you could go there anytime you wanted to because it stayed empty a lot of the time. I'm not indicting anyone else. I'm just, it's sort of a, an illustration on how little we seek the Lord. Say, <laughs> well, you know, maybe, uh, maybe that they were just seeking the Lord in the room. Maybe, but every room had six guys in it, and the rooms were not much bigger than the choir loft right here. So probably that's not what was happening. Whatever the case, I sought the Lord in that prayer room. I went out behind the campus and at the, at the, the back border of the campus from, from where I lived, there was two rows of tall pine trees. And I walked in between those rows of pine trees way apart from where anybody could see me or hear me and I sought the Lord. God, I want to know you. God, this thing called life, it's, it's too big for me. I'm not prepared for it. I don't know the answers. I don't know how to do all this. I want to know you, God. Show me the way. Teach me who you are. God, give me wisdom. Give me your wisdom. Help me to know you. God, please use me. God, please bless my life. God, please fill me. I got a job while I was in college at a warehouse. Part of my responsibilities was to go out at night and to the whole border of the property had a chain link fence around it. And I had to walk the, the, uh, every hour. It took 15 minutes to walk that border. And I had to go out every hour and walk the perimeter of the property. And sometimes it was a warm summer night. Sometimes it was freezing cold. It didn't matter. We had to go. I had to go. And as I walked that property, I sought the Lord. God, I want to know you. God, please show me your way. God, please teach me. God, please help me to do your will. God, please use me for thy glory. Say, what, pastor, is this, what is this? Is this, uh, is this bragging time? No, this is in case there's one person here who wants to seek the Lord for yourself, a little taste of what it means to seek the Lord. Just so that you can visualize something in case you want to seek the Lord for yourself. I was a bus worker in Chicago as... as uh, our fellows have been that have been at Hiles Anderson, as my son is, as Brother Jose is right now, a bus worker in Chicago. I'd walk those streets late at night, sometimes early in the morning, sometimes, sometimes I'd drive those streets, sometimes I'd go up on the roof of an apartment building and just look down over those uh, streets and those doors that I knock, and I'd say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you so I can help other people to know you. God, I'm, I'm ignorant. I'm simple. I'm inexperienced. God, I need you. I want to know you. God, fill my heart with you. Fill my life with you. I want to know you. 
I sought the Lord. I worked at a place called, I worked at a couple different steel companies, but the last steel company I worked at was called Rayco Steel. We just, uh, the last trip out there, we were out that way towards uh, Illinois. And uh, we were going to my, my sister lives in Illinois, so we were going to my sister's house for supper. And, and it was in the direction of Rayco Steel. And I haven't been back there over 20 years. And I just wanted to see the place. My wife and I had a lot of memories of parking a lot there. We, uh, we were newly married, and she uh, worked a job, and I worked a job, and they were 30 minutes apart from each other, those two places, and we had one car. So she would bring me to work. She'd go to work. She'd come back after she got off and uh, pick me up from work. We'd ride home together. And, but, but one of my favorite memories about that place is that right across the railroad tracks behind Rayco Steel was, was an Illinois forest preserve. And at break time, I'd go out and cross over those railroad tracks and go down into this forest preserve. And the first time I did it, it was tall grass, and I would just go to this place and walk back and forth, and, Lord, I want to know you. God, please help me to follow you and, and bless, Lord, please show me the way and, and teach me and guide me and, and lead me. And I'd walk back and forth, just about this same distance right here, back and forth and back and forth. And I did it the second day and the third day and the fourth day. And after several weeks, though there, that was high grass I was walking in, after several weeks it had become a dirt path. And I, when I arrived there every day, I'm telling, this is the truth. I'm just testifying. After I'd been there a few months of meeting the Lord there every day at the same time, when I stepped into that path, I knew with all of my soul that I was in God's presence in a very special way. Because we were, I was meeting Him there. There was nothing holy about that ground except... It's where I met God. Can I stop and ask you, where do you meet God? When and where do you seek the Lord? Can you have a meeting in any other area of your life if you don't designate a when and a where? What makes you think you can meet God if you don't have a when and a where? We started the church. In the woods behind our house, there's quite a bit of woods behind our house, and I cut out a circular trail where I would just go and meet with the Lord and walk that trail, and, oh, God, please bless. God, please show me the way. God, please, I pray. As I drove, I drove a public school bus in Brewster for seven years when we were getting the church going. And I would drive, and as I would drive, I would seek the Lord. And it was amazing the things the Lord would do. You know, I wasn't allowed to visit anybody because I picked them up on a public school bus. That was, But it's amazing the doors that God opened. i got to tell, I've never told this story. I'd been pastoring for a few years, and I was still driving a school bus. I, I guess I'd been pastoring four or five years when this happened. A lady in the church was going through a divorce, And the courts, as a result of the divorce, forbid her to bring her children to church anymore because that was one of the dad's demands. 
The court said you cannot, your kids cannot have anything to do with the church anymore. So, of course, I'm praying for that lady. I'm praying for her ex-husband. I'm praying for both of their families. And more than anything, I'm praying for their children. I am not lying to you that this happened. This is the truth. So I get my route, my, my bus, my public school route. And guess who is on that route? Those kids' grandmother lives uh, where I'm driving my bus every, every day in Brewster. And so those kids that the court has said they can't come to church anymore rode my bus home every afternoon, five days a week. And what the funniest part was their grandparent, who, of course, sided with the, with the dad and hated my guts and, you know, ripped us apart verbally, had never met me. So she's coming out every day to meet her grandkids that she has through the court successfully uh, gotten them away from the influence of the church. And every day she's coming out and uh, uh, she's, she's got, all right, bus driver, thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. And the kids are getting off the bus. They never told her, evidently. They're getting off the bus going, bye, Brother Joe. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a reminder to me and a reminder to them, hey, God's in control of this thing. I sought the Lord as I drove the bus. I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord as I'd go into that VFW and... You'll never know. Last night we had men's prayer meeting down here. We had men's prayer meeting downstairs in a church that is 100% a church building. But man, back in those days, we had men's prayer meeting downstairs, usually just me and my father, while they were dancing and drinking and partying upstairs. I'm not kidding. We could be praying. I'd be praying here. My father would be praying right next to me, so close that our heads are six inches apart. And it's so loud, them dancing and partying upstairs, that I couldn't even hear what my father was saying. But we sought the Lord. I sought the Lord. We, God moved us to, Dan, to Danbury. I spent many hours seeking the Lord in the woods out here. I spent countless hours seeking the Lord in my office downstairs. I cannot tell you how many times I have circled this auditorium. Do you know, before God ever moved us to Danbury, when God first used Pastor Miller to to, uh, uh, bring us over here, touched my heart, and I knew that it was of God, but I didn't know if God was going to do it, if that makes sense. So I, I, I came over here. Now, I knew Ruth Hill, known her since I was a kid, but I didn't know that she lived in that house up there. So if there was a white car over here, that white car that she used to drive, I wouldn't pull in and go, oh, somebody's there and I don't want to trespass or I don't want to get caught trespassing. But if there's no car here, I'd pull down in and I'd walk around the building and pray and say, God, if this is, if this is what you want, make it happen. And I wanted to pray for the auditorium, but I couldn't get it. The only place you can see in is that window right there. And so I'd go and I'd stand outside that window and say, God, if this is of you, please make it happen. And I yield to your will and I want what you want. And by the way, if I could say, I stood outside that window and looked inside this room and I said, God, I promise you, if if this is of you and you want us here, I will give my life to fill that room with people. Praise the Lord. I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord driving the streets of Danbury. 
I have sought the Lord walking the streets of Danbury. I have knocked thousands and thousands of doors. And as I go from door to door in between God doors, I say, oh, God, please work. Oh, God, please work. Oh, God, please work. Driven the streets of the towns around Danbury. I've driven 84 and the Hudson Valley and, and 684 and all through Westchester where, where there's such a dearth of Bible believing churches. I've driven the streets of the Bronx and of Manhattan for hours and hours and hours and hours and said, God, I want to know you. God, please bless. God, please work. What are you doing, Pastor Bragging? No. I'm telling you, I sought the Lord. And to the best of my ability, I'm going to continue to seek the Lord. And I want to invite you, as David did, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord for yourself. Your day tomorrow is all yours. If you pillow your head tomorrow night and you haven't sought the Lord, it's your own fault. Who will seek the Lord? Who will seek the Lord? Who will seek the Lord? He has your answers. Who will seek the Lord? He has your your hope. He has your future. He has everything you need, but don't go after the end. Hey, it's back to the verse that I quote probably as much as any other. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, they'll be added unto you. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Father, I pray today that you'd help us.